Hello, and welcome back to 1A, a podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina. 1A is designed to take a brief but in-depth look at counseling issues from a pastoral perspective. Reverend Squires is the pastor for counseling here at First Presbyterian Church, and I'm Josh Fleming, the pastoral intern to the college ministry. In today's episode, we continue our series for students entering college by looking at practical ways they can faithfully follow Jesus during their college years. If you have any questions or comments about something you hear in today's episode, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can find our info online at firstpresscolumbia.org. If you'd like to stay aware of new episodes, you can download our app by searching for First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, South Carolina in the app store of your choice. We hope this ministry is a blessing to you and to those around you. Let's get to the conversation. Welcome back to 1A. I'm your host, Josh Squires. And with me again is another Josh, but not the Josh Adair. It's Josh Fleming. That's right. How are you doing, Josh? Absolutely, yeah. Doing well, thank you. Good. And so last time we began a discussion about people entering college and how people entering college, some of the challenges they may face and how we might help them face some of those challenges. So coming back in with us is Nate Seske. Nate, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me once again. I'm glad to be back. Good, good, good. So Josh, this was kind of your brainchild, so I'm going to kick it back over to you. Absolutely, yeah. Let me just give a quick recap, kind of where we went. The first episode, we looked at sort of the, the cultural expectations, some of the things that we put on students as they're entering college of, of what that experience should be for them and how that can be sometimes a burden or enslaving for them. Then the second episode, we looked at how the believer's identity in Christ and their their union with him influences their approach to the, their college experience. Today, I want to get very practical and just sort of let's start a conversation about what should what should students be doing. Let's just assume there are students who are leaving home. Not all that's not everyone's experience when they go to college, but if they're they're leaving home and they're away from their family, they're away from maybe some of the natural support structures they had in their life, the mm-hmm. church they grew up in, their family. Uh, what can they do to faithfully walk with Jesus and grow in their uh, faith and love for Him? Uh, through their college experience. Yeah, that's a great question. Seski, I wonder if you might help us out here. You are closest to college age, has been there more recently. I wonder if you could paint a picture for what usually happens for a college student when they arrive on campus and, and what are the sort of places they get plugged into and kind of direct their energy to? Yeah, that's a great question. I know if most freshmen are anything like me, Church was not the number one priority when they first stepped onto the college campus. Not even on the list. Not even on the list. I'm not even saying that for any other reason than I remember the summer before my freshman year of college, sitting down with my youth pastor, he put down churches in in Columbia, South Carolina that I could go to, that I could check in on. I was entering into college passive and ready to go with the direction of the people that were around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that tends to be the case for most people, that they they do, they live life like those that they're most surrounded by. Mm. So when I moved into campus, got in the dorm room, I started doing what most of my peers were doing, which some of which was very normal, very good, going to class, yeah. you know, checking out all the facilities on campus. Uh, and some of the other stuff was taking advantage of the freedom and the lack of accountability and responsibility that uh, most students have coming in as yeah. freshmen. So the question then becomes, especially for me, that I've as I've thought through it and talked with freshmen was, can I answer the question, is Jesus worth following mm. no matter what comes my way when I step on a campus as a freshman? Mm, that's a great question. And 
when I was a freshman, I actually couldn't answer that question for myself with, yeah. with any real conviction. Uh, and I think that is one of the things that produced a lot of, let's just say a big time gap between leaving my family and my youth ministry experience and then actually getting plugged in and owning my faith as my own yeah. a year mm. later, my sophomore year of college, when I did say, yes, Jesus is worth following whatever comes my way. Yeah. But it took a challenging transition year in, in between. And that tends to be the case for a lot of students. Mm. Yeah. They've grown up with a lot of support structures, as Josh has already mentioned, family, church, youth pastors, youth groups, Wednesday night stuff, Sunday night stuff, all these different things. Yeah. And all of a sudden they go away. And there's not the pastor or the youth minister or whoever it is pursuing them. There's not the friends going in groups to youth events. They have friends instead going to the midnight pizza place or whatever. And nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But the momentum is not towards mm. youth ministry events. It's towards whatever the campus is offering. And they come in having never had to think, is Jesus worth following no matter what comes my way? Yeah. Because they've always had people helping them go in that direction. Yeah. Mm. But then for me, my freshman year, there was nobody helping me go in that direction when I moved nine hours away. Yeah. Uh, so it took a lot of tripping over the starting line, so to speak, mm -hmm. for the Lord to get me to see what does it mean for me to follow Jesus yeah. in the college atmosphere. Yeah. Mm. You know, and college students, they're, they're obviously better, especially freshmen, than say early high school or what are at, at executive functioning, planning and seeing through a plan, mm -hmm. but that they're not nearly as good at that as adults are. Mm. And oftentimes as kids make that transition from high school to college, we expect them to function at the same level as we would expect someone who was early twenties or mid twenties to be able to function and to be able to understand, like, even as I go into this next phase, you're going to need someone to hold you accountable and pursue you a little bit to get you in the door of the church. The likelihood, sometimes there are really responsible mm -hmm. college kids yeah. and they're going to go and they're going to find a good church and praise the mm -hmm. Lord for them. I hope my children, when they get to be college age, are like that. If they're anything like their dad, they probably won't be. If they're like their mom, <laughs> they will be. So let's hope they're all like their mom in this. That said, as you, I think, get ready to launch into college, just being able to be willing to, okay, what are, like your youth pastor did, here are your options, but not just here are your options, here are maybe some relational connections. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of our advantages in the sense that even with our RUF systems, that as we send someone to a campus, as long as there's an RUF ministry, we usually have a way to get to that RUF minister and say, be looking out for this student. Would you mind pursuing this student some? And you don't have to pursue them at the same level as a freshman as you would if they're a junior or a senior. Mm -hmm. But that freshman year, you know, you, you need to grease the skids a little bit for people to help get them into the habit that is pursuing Christ in this new context. And thankfully, we've had members of the church or friends of our church reach out to our college staff and say, hey, I have a kid or, or a grandkid or a a neighbor's friend or a neighbor's child, you know, anything like that, they'll be coming to Columbia to USC. Can you reach out? Or here's their number. Or here's their email. Uh, we'd love for you to pursue them a little bit. So it's been cool to see how both there have been areas where we've been able to help as people have left, first prize or left Columbia and gone out. Yeah. But also as our broader church connections have said, hey, we have people coming to your area. Yeah. I think the relational aspect is really important. Yeah, it's huge. Huge. That is big, especially as you think, I mean, but this is really a, a huge transition in your life. And you think about, besides maybe marriage, childbirth, changing jobs here mm -hmm. and there, going off to college, leaving the support structures, as we said, this is huge. Yeah. And I think it, it, 
what Nate has described is a very common experience of maybe somewhat floundering mm-hmm. that first year in in a lot of areas potentially. I mean, in in your faith, but maybe even just in functioning like a a normal human being. Yeah. And so potentially this, what we're doing here could be helpful, you know, not just freshmen, but yeah. students of all ages who right. have been in college now for a year or two. And I've, yeah. I've done it my way and it's, it's been tough and it's, I want to know now, what do I need to be looking for? So yeah, yeah. That, I think this is a helpful conversation. So how, how do you tell a student who says, okay, he, he's asked, he's asked himself the question like, Nate, is Jesus worth following? He's answered that question yet. The student is ready to own their faith, so to speak, how do we get that student, what are the things they should be looking for in a church, in a community, in small group ministries or discipleship? What are helpful things, wherever they're going to be, they should be looking for? Marks of a healthy ministry and healthy church there for them go. to plug yeah. into? Yeah. Okay. Nate? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, uh, I think the local church is where you begin. There are tremendous, yeah. tremendous ministries all across colleges and right. all across even the world yeah. focusing on ministry to students. And they do so many things so well. And I want to commend them for that. But one of the things I've seen is just like I had the hard transition from high school to a freshman in college, I also had a hard transition from senior year of college to full-time work. Mm, and I was yeah. really thankful that I wasn't leaving my church community and I wasn't leaving the town I'd been living in for so long, but I've had plenty of friends who didn't know what it looked like to find a local church in college. Mm-hmm. So when they became young professionals, they still had no idea what it looked like to find mm-hmm. a local church. Yeah. So I think that is one of the things to keep in mind is that no matter what stage of life you're in, yeah. the local church is essential. Yeah. And there are tons of ministries to help get you there. There are tons of ministries that can grow out of local churches like the college ministry here at First Prez, mm. but looking for a local church. Because healthy local churches don't look like crew, RUF, CO, mm-hmm. navigators, whatever it is that your college ministry, and we want people plugged into college ministries. We right. love yeah, our right. fellow college yes. ministries. Yes. So that, that's not to deter them. But it doesn't look like that, e- mm-hmm. either by philosophy, cross-generational, what we do together on a Sunday night, rhythms, all of that changes. And so if all you're used to is small group, large group, and occasional one-on-one, when you get to a church where you move from consumer to someone who's actually giving back into worship and where those rhythms look broader from people who are two to 92, mm. if you're not if you're not used to that, all of a sudden it becomes so foreign that it may be off-putting. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to friends who felt like they were going through some sort of spiritual valley mm. because the post-college Christian scene, so to speak, did not feel like the college Christian scene. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. thought they had lost something or something had changed drastically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But really, it was a little bit more simple. They just weren't used to what the rhythm of working full-time and trying to f- trying to find your time for the Lord in the midst of that. Because yeah. sometimes local church ministry doesn't look like college ministry simply because local church life doesn't look like college life. <laughs> That's right. You know, you don't have... That's right. You know, 32-year-old peers hanging out till 3.30 in the morning in a dorm room yeah. because they're with their families or they're with their kids or they have job right. responsibilities the next morning. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the huge blessings of the campus ministries is they can fit into those niche environments and yeah. meet students in those types of areas. Yeah. But that's to say looking for a local church is one of the staples that will stay with you mm-hmm. from 2 to 92, mm-hmm. like Josh said. Yeah. So then you have the important 
aspect of like, well, how do you find that? And there are resources like the PCA website or the ARP website. They will show you what churches yeah. are in their denominations in their town. So you can look that up. Yep. And we have this tremendous ability in our technological age of you can probably almost certainly pull up the, the sermons of that church mm, and listen yeah. to them online before you leave yep. and see, is this faithful teaching? Does it seem like they're dedicated to the scripture as God's word? Yep. You can look up programs that these churches have. Do they have some sort of ministry I can get involved with in some way? And not every local church will have that. Yep. Not every local church needs to have that. First Press is blessed with so many resources to have so many types of ministries for so many people, mm-hmm. especially if you're leaving First Pres, you might go to another church mm-hmm. that has 150 members, and it's going to look very different. Different, yeah. Uh, but that does not mean less faithful yeah. by any stretch right. of the means. And that might look a lot more like, hey, my church involvement looks like having dinners with families yeah. instead of just with college students. Yeah. And there's actually tremendous blessings in that. Sure. Because uh, once again, even after graduation that starts to look more like real life family relationships rather than just strictly peer to peer in a specific bubble. Yeah. Which again, there are blessings in that as well. Yeah. So looking first and foremost for a faithful church. Yeah. And you know, again, we're blessed in that we have so much material out there. You could go and look at something like the ministry of Mark Dever and his nine marks. He's Mm -hmm. got nine marks of a healthy church. And anybody who really wants to do some research there, I think it would help them to dive deeply. I would just say, Good quality, and that is scripturally sound preaching and teaching, a praying church, Mm. the sacraments, Mm. and discipline. And by discipline, I don't just mean, hey, show me the last time someone was excommunicated. Discipline in its positive is discipleship. Uh, Discipline is just the infinitive of disciple. It's to disciple. And so we want to see discipleship programs. We want to see things like... Uh, what we have here in the foundry, which is not mm. to say the foundry is end all be all, but but just examples of that where you have people doing one on one mentoring or getting involved with each other, and then also the negative discipline, like okay, what do you do when someone sins kind of grossly publicly? Can you guys take care of your own house? Those mm. sort of things that you're looking for in a church, the expression of the particular worship might be very different. The programs they have might be different. The amount of children they have or the amount of young professionals or older or whatever, that might be very different. But those are kind of the essentials for me as I think through what sort of church do I want to get plugged into when I go to wherever my college destination is. Mm, that's good. That's really helpful. Do you guys think of anything like right off the bat, like major pitfalls, things that, hey, we, we want you to avoid this when you get on campus. It will be better for you. Trust us if you avoid these things. They may overwhelm you. They, they certainly will not encourage your faith. I mean, maybe there's some obvious things, but what are some warnings or, you know, we don't want to be overly legalistic about what people can and can't do, but some, some wisdom and advice we can give to, to young people who are stepping onto the college campus for the first time, or, or maybe they're going back this year and wanting to walk closer to Jesus here. What, what, what are your thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a tons of obvious things that could be laid out, and maybe those are worth mentioning. But I think something to, to note, even before you mention any specific things, goes back to the question for me, is it worth following Jesus? Mm. And something I see a lot of Christian students ask when they go to college is not how do I follow Jesus, but it's how far can I go and still claim that I'm a Christian? How far can I push the boundary, but maybe not quite step out of bounds? Or like maybe I have one foot still in bounds, one foot still out of bounds. But if we really believe that, like Psalm 23 says, 
our Father, God, is our good shepherd, mm-hmm. that he, he knows the paths to lay down before us. Mm-hmm. He's given us instruction to teach us in the way that we should go. He's not trying to put a straitjacket on us and keep things away from us, but he's actually trying to lay out for us how we can actually flourish yeah. abundantly. Yeah. Uh, even as Jesus says, I've come to give you life that you may have it abundantly, mm. that God wants to see us flourish, and he has helped to lay out how that can happen. So when you're asking the question, how far can I go, whether it's in relationships or with alcohol or with other sort of stereotypical things that you would see in college campuses, and you're saying, how far can I go? What you're actually asking is, maybe unintentionally, how far can I try to turn from God's abundant plan for my life? Yeah. yeah. And still try to have God's abundant plan for my life yeah. without actually going about it the way he's instructed. Yeah. So there are lots of things, and anybody who's grown up in a, in a Christian family or at a church is going to know those things off the top of their head. They're going to know there's certain things that they shouldn't, or you know, maybe the language used, the church would disapprove of or something. Right. But it's not so much about the church disapproving yeah. as God having actually laid out his best intentions for us right. and his best plans for us. And are we willing to take on faith that what he has withheld yeah. is actually what's best for us. Yeah. And God is not holding out on us at all. Yeah. I think this also goes back to what we talked about last time when we talked about that lie that these are some of the best years of your life. And so you've got to do all of these things and all these activities. You've got to go to these parties and you've got to go to all these events and, and be plugged into all of these very emotive, high sort of things in order to milk the most out of these four years get the college experience the yeah, full thing. yeah that's exactly right and that you need to die to that a little bit and just be able to say look i want to i want to enjoy my college years there's nothing wrong with enjoying my college years but all of that subservient to my call as just a christian to love the lord and to be more like him every single day and when you begin like nate i think that's a, a perfect illustration of turning away from and the other thing is like how how far can I let this particular idol climb in my heart? Will I let it take the throne where God and God alone deserves to be? And every time I think, ooh, can I just go this far and it be okay, I'm letting it go up one more rung. I'll also add, you know, even just in my own life, my own story, I am so thankful for the way the Lord has worked in it and has redeemed it. Yeah. So I'm hesitant to use language like I have regrets. Mm -hmm. But if I could use the word I have regrets over college, Mm -hmm. it's not that I didn't spend more time seeing what the world had to offer. It's that I didn't try to follow Jesus sooner. Yeah. You know, and that's been the the testimony of all of my peers with a story like mine. It's never I wish I had spent more time testing what the world had to offer. Mm. It was always... I regret that I didn't try to pursue Jesus sooner yeah, um, or harder or faster or quicker, whatever it might be. Yeah. And what I wish I could see students do, yeah. especially going into college is take that on faith yeah. because you don't need to prove by experience everything in this world. You don't need to mm. prove by experience that certain things are bad. Yeah. You can take <laughs> them on faith mm. and trust that the Lord has good intentions for you if you follow him. Yeah. So much of what you're saying reminds me of what our, our own Sinclair Ferguson has written here, The Whole Christ. Mm-hmm. He talks about how we think about God uh, is, is a huge motivating factor in our life and, and how we walk before him. 
do we view him as one who who wants what's best for us? And do we view his law as given for our good? And I mean, I think, you know, I mean, the challenge here is is to encourage our students to believe what's true and, and to, as you're saying, know that God has your flourishing in mind and that walking in his way, you think of the Psalm 1, blessed is the man, that is sort of wisdom says what is the best for you you know what's interesting to me is that i think both of you come from larger public schools right Mm -hmm. so nate you were here at south carolina josh you went to georgia Georgia tech Tech, yeah so i went to the flourishing university that is belhaven university in jackson mississippi there we go and there's probably three people listening to this who knows (laughs) what that is including our my own intern mark capper's fiance who went to belhaven university as well go blazers but it is a private christian university and i think that there is another pitfall in those particular places for any of our covenant kids or parents of covenant kids in which they're going to smaller private christian colleges and that is to be plugged into a group of a community that has no room for grace Mm. to be kind of neonomian and what i mean by that is kind of a new law reaffirming that you have to live perfectly and being in a very pharisaical way looking down on the rest of college students oh y'all do all this stuff like go to football games and enjoy football games and all of that but we are the more perfect Christian expression of the college student. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go to football games or basketball games or any games for all all that matter. But just make sure that you're not getting to the place where kind of the opposite side of licentiousness, that you're going to a place where you're puffing yourself up with mm. pride in your own legalism. Yeah. Right. And your I think identity that, becomes, I'm the, I don't do these things or I, I do these things. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so just a, just a, an opposite side of the spectrum warning for the small number of our students who end up in kind of smaller Christian settings. That's great, yeah. I think that's a really great word, and I run into that even at the peer level. I remember living up in Maryland, having a friend going to a different small Christian college and coming back and speaking very harshly about a few people that uh, he did not see living in a way befitting of the Christian name. Yeah. There's reason to be concerned about that, of course. Mm. But one thing that I think sometimes we can forget is just because you're at a small Christian college doesn't mean every single person's a Christian. That's right. right. And on top of that, we often forget that there's very little reason to look for Christian behavior in a non-Christian. Yeah. Why would we expect somebody not empowered by the Holy Spirit, not regenerated by the work of God, oh, yeah. to be living in yeah. a way that is... Christ honoring. Uh, Christ yeah. honoring. Yeah. They're, they're not going to. <laughs> yeah. And if they look like they are and they're still not loving the Lord, then they're actually just building up their own pride. So e- yeah. either way, both of those situations need our own grace and humility, and they need us to try to steer them towards the grace of the gospel, mm. uh, that they might see that it's, it's not about just putting down certain things, but about picking up what's right, namely yeah. Christ himself. Yeah, mm. Yeah, that's great. So one more question here. What do you guys think about a student who goes to school and um, they're, let's say they're tracking with everything we've said so far. They want to follow Christ. They want to be faithful in their college years. Do you have any advice for them how they can sort of faithfully navigate, let's call it cultural issues that may show up on campus, maybe things they were not exposed to as much or at all in their life thus far, things they're going to be running into for their, their peers, with professors? What, what thoughts do you have on that? One thought that that first comes to mind is don't expect to be the majority opinion. Right. I've talked to many students who came in, have come into college, 
and and had a moment of shell shock when they realized yeah. that their conservative Christian position is a minority is, voice is, a, is actually a minority right. voice. Not yeah. only just at the university, but but actually across the world. Yeah, I think sometimes we can do so well. And this is a beautiful thing to keep our covenant community a covenant community, mm-hmm. and there's so much to celebrate about that. But then sometimes when the circumstances of our environment sort of forces outside that a little bit, like going to a university, yeah. all of a sudden you realize there's a lot of people, and some of them even seem really nice and really sure. kind and really yeah. thoughtful, yeah. that actually believe something different than me. Yeah. Uh, so just setting the expectation can be helpful that when you're going in, don't expect to be the majority opinion. Right. I think can be a helpful way to to ease the shell shock of that initial experience at certain mm. times. Yeah, and the majority opinion doesn't mean that it's the right opinion. Right. Yes. So, so don't yes. buy into the lie that just because everyone else is believing it and smart people who are demonstrably smart believe it, right. therefore it must be true. You need to be able to go into that with your own ability to think through and think through, as our friend Dr. Al Mohler might say, with a Christian world and life view. Mm. Right. The second thing that I think I would say for helping people navigate through those culture issues is to be first one who listens graciously. Mm. So often we can be reactive because we're so afraid that their point is going to convince us or overwhelm our points or whatever that we act in a very defensive manner. Yeah, I'm just going to shout you down because I don't want yeah. <laughs> I don't want that to come and win me over. So yeah. That's right. And and there's very little that has the sort of witnessing and evangelical power of being kind to people who don't believe the same thing that you mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so to be able to say, okay, so let me make sure I get this right. You are really concerned that all people feel valued. Man, that's great. I really want all people to feel valued too. It seems like your point of view tells me that people are valued by their skin color or by their sexuality or something like that, where I would say their value is who they are made by and the fact that they're an image bearer, right? Mm. And so you want to be able to listen well in order that you might respond appropriately in a non-reactive way and recognize the likelihood that you're going to change someone's mind is not very high, mm. at least not in the moment. Right. You never know when that conversation may pay off a year, two years, even a week later. Who knows? But right then, you're, you're probably not going to win some debate. Right. So your character is on display and is much more important than you making sure that you have all the right points mm. in order to counter whatever sure. debate you find yourself in. In fact, you could probably lose it, lose the debate much easier by letting your character get out of hand and how you react and respond. So, right, even yeah. if you have all the right responses. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that was a helpful discussion about kind of practical aids for helping launch people as they get onto the college campus. And so I think next time, next time we're going to be looking at parents specifically. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to try to help families and parents think about how they can prepare if they've got children who are still at home and they're maybe getting ready to launch or maybe they've got children who are already in school and they want to from a a little bit of a distance and things like that, how they can help shepherd their their children through the season. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get that episode to you a little bit Oh, uh, more yeah. closely than the last there was one. A lot of, that's right. <laughs> you know, I, I beg for your mercy and, and apologize here. I was out for multiple weeks with COVID. Luckily, I'm back from that. Praise the Lord. It's been a few weeks since we've been together. Yeah. It, day, so, yeah. it has been. So hopefully we'll get that to you more quickly. And we hope that it is a blessing to you. And we will see you then. <laughs>